Hello? Hello? Oh, come on, it's raining out. Oh, God. Oh, no, are we still doing it via Skype? Oh, no. I'm getting all wet. It's raining. Hello? Let me in. Oh, damn it. I've got to get a bus home. Oh. Welcome one and all to Staggering Stories in the person, Ooh. in the flesh no less. In the nude. Adam, put your clothes on. Uh-huh. Issue number 368. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure what to do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jean. I'm fake Keith. I'm back. No, I'm Stephen. Hello. <laughs> I'm Adam. My turn. <laughs> I get to say something. <laughs> And I, yes, I am... I don't know, really. (laughs) It's been that long. Scientists have postulated this for 56 years now, and they're just not sure. I know one thing I am. Weird? No, I am unable to get through a hole that big. Oh, for God's sake, his grandson takes him down one slide and suddenly he is put upon, downtrodden and knackered. I had to mince myself very small and then reassemble myself. I had to mince, did you? Yes. Mince has too many, many more things. Uh, I love that you described by using your fingers how big the hole was. They can't... People listening to this can't see. Yeah, he's never got the hang of that. Can anyone remember how we do this stuff? Um, really? Is it the news with El Presidente? Woohoo! Woo! The block. Boyega back for seconds. John Adideo Bamideli Adegay Boyega, perhaps <laughs> best known for playing ex-Stormtrooper Finn in the Star Wars sequel trilogy, actually made his big screen debut in 2011 in Joe Cornish's Attack the Block. Now, mm. ten years later, both Cornish and Boyega are teaming up again, this time with the follow-up film Attack the Block 2. Boyega will be reprising the role of Moses and also indulging in a bit of behind-the-camera graft as a producer on the project. Another familiar name from the first one is none other than Jodie Whittaker. Mm. As yet, there is no word on her return, nor any other cast members for that matter. We presume there will be another alien invasion attempt on London in this new film, and who better to help Moses again than Whittaker? Assuming she has the time. Mm. Is that his full name? Apparently, yeah. Got wow. Wikipedia, if you believe it. I think I pronounced those right. <laughs> I, I bet you didn't. 
surprisingly, <laughs> ten years later, it's quite a, a niche cult film. <laughs> yeah, it was so yeah. rubbish but wonderful. It was good. It was good. But yeah, obviously done to a budget. <laughs> I came oh, in yeah. to watch it. It was goodly bad. Yeah, came in to watch it because Jodie's in it and yeah. and John Vega is in it and, and Star Wars and Doctor Who together. Yeah, what's yeah. it like? Yeah. Very few time travel references in it. Very mm. few. Any innovation though. So yeah, it's in the ballpark. Yeah. It's a bit rubbish. <laughs> yeah, but we all thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> Enola Holmes. Oh. Brown and Cavill prepare to sequel. Ooh. Meanwhile, Netflix, still blood spattered from killing the irregulars, has decided to allow Enola Holmes continued existence. That's kind of them. Yes. <laughs> so far, we know that Millie Bobby Brown and Henry Cavill will return as the Holmes siblings of Enola and Sherlock. Also making a comeback is the director Harry Bradbeer and writer Jack Thorne. Beyond that, little is currently known. Will this be another film? Almost without doubt. Will it directly adapt the second of Nancy Springer's books? Will the Conan Doyle estate get another grump on? Claiming that Sherlock is too emotional. Or have they settled their differences for good? (laughs) Time will tell, but one thing's for sure. Brown isn't exactly being kept busy by the filming schedule of Stranger Things. Okay. Give us, what, three years of doing series now? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think they've wrapped on series four, because that's going to debut soon Okay. Yeah, it's, it's up on Netflix. New series coming soon! Mm, I'm glad they're doing up. a second one of these, though. The first one was truly excellent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did love yeah. the first one. I, I, I did have my quibbles, but they were, overruled, they were overruled by my enjoyment of the actual film. And by me. And, yeah, <laughs> and by you, yes. yes. I wonder where they get May to Mycroft back. Stephen, would you like to read the last one? Batman. <laughs> Reanimated series. Back in 1992, there came a new breed of superhero cartoon in the form of Batman, the animated series. This brought us not only Kevin Conroy as Batman, but also gave us the Joker as played by little-known actor Mark Hamill. <laughs> now HBO Max are teaming up with J.J. Abrams, Matt Reeves, director of the upcoming The Batman film, and Batman the Animated Series creator Bruce Timm to bring us a spiritual successor in the form of Batman, Caped Crusader. (laughs) The name Trio released a statement that claimed this new series will be thrilling, cinematic, evocative of Batman's noir roots, while delving deeper into the psychology of these iconic characters. Abrams is also plunging into DC for the big screen, producing the next Superman film and Justice League Dark. Some of this may be seen by late 2022. Maybe. Gosh. Maybe. Another Batman film. <laughs> Anyone playing the Batman drinking game would be drunk after that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Batman, 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 Batman. The Batman. The Batman. Yeah. Batman. Uh, running out of names, aren't they? Yeah. Oh. Now Batman Caped Crusader. Yeah. Which makes you think of the Adam West. The Adam West one. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I'm sure it's going to be nothing Cape like Crusader it. Crusader on the Boy Wonder. <laughs> no, that was the Sch- Schumacher film, wasn't it? Oh, God, yeah. One of the many things that got right with the animated series, it was based on the first couple of films. Yeah, the uh, Tim Burton yeah. versions. Not not the Schumacher stuff that came later. What is it about Batman and Spider-Man that they've just got to keep on remaking it and remaking it I, and remaking I, I, it? I don't know about Batman, but I know with Spider-Man, it's they've got to keep remaking it so they can keep hold of the copyright. Mm. Yeah, the right yeah. stuff. But it's, they always something. seem to remake it back at the same point. It's almost like, well, we've got to say the, crea- the, the, the creation story. 
Okay, six years later, we need to hold on to the copyright so we'll do the creation story. <laughs> it's, it's like they never seem to progress beyond the point where he gets bitten by a radioactive spider. <laughs> well, at least they did with the Tom Holland stuff. Yeah, with they the Tom, all of that. Yeah, Tom yeah. Holland, who was already up and running. Yeah. But Ben was dead. Yeah. I don't know much more beyond he gets bitten by a radioactive <laughs> I want to see middle-aged Spider-Man. What, with the beer having, belly? Having yeah, we did, in the animated. Uh, <laughs> not just yeah. in the animated, but... Proper middle-aged Spider-Man with onset arthritis and other weird well, stuff this is wrong with him. Another Hammond one, the TV series, isn't it? This is it. <laughs> Rumours are with No Way Home. You're going to have multiple Spider-Mans. Ooh. It's going to go into the multiverse. Yep. Rumours, whether that is going to pan out. Or not. So we, we might, we might have Gwen Stacy. Yeah, maybe. And yeah. Miles Morales. Maybe I don't know about Miles Morales. And Spider-Ham. Well, I, no, <laughs> no. probably not. But I think we might have. Oh God, James Garfield and Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire, really? Yeah, he's about forty or doesn't he? Yeah, there you go. They, they keep denying that they're coming back, but then that, like, that means no. they are. Yeah. Again, so, yeah. yeah, they doth protest. And the thing that makes me puzzled as well is the fact that they've got the villains back that they've encountered before. So yeah. Jamie Foxx is back as Electro. Is um, okay. his face is back as Doctor Octopus. Okay, well he was good. Um, so yeah. they've got all these characters back. Yeah, supposedly the Spider-Man's not going back as well, so... Yes, they are. The Sinister Six? Yeah, I think we're probably need to the awesome three. Oh, yeah, they're just trying to set up their own universe, aren't they? Mm. Sony with the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Thing. Any addendums? Go on. I quickly have two. 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 Two, two addendums. Addendums. You've One, kept these quiet, because I don't know what you're going to say. I know, I've just suddenly found them, because I realised I didn't have any addendum. <laughs> so this is going to be slightly, um, 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 as I flick backwards and forwards, trying to find out. Just the web. Yeah, just trawled the web. Apparently we have uh, a new Zack Snyder Army of Dead film. Indeed, I've heard it's out, and yep. I've heard mixed reviews. But yep, I've watched it. Uh, so I, oh, it's, yeah. it's a zombie, so I'm not really into zombies, so no, I won't... I don't I won't be prevailing it myself. But what is, what is interesting is we have... Now, I'm going to mangle this because I okay. can't... You know, you, my pronunciations. Oh, dear. Is <laughs> Tig Notero in it. Right. Now, she plays the engineer from Discovery, the one they found on the ship. Oh, right. yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, reason, the reason I'm pointing this out, according to my information that I've uh, just recently found out, is that she wasn't actually in the film. She was blue, uh, green-screened in after all the act, other actors had left. So they really hate that. her? Do they just not want to be in the same I, room? I, I don't know. Well, they just felt they needed something and they thought, oh, we can add her in later. Yeah. They brought her in. There's, a, there's actually more to that. I found out the real story behind this earlier. Be my guess. So, be my guess. Guess. so I can't remember the name of the actor or actress, but there was someone that was already involved in the film and they'd shot their stuff already. Yeah. And um, They've been they were then basically got rid of the production stuff because they'd done something bad. I can't remember what it was. Right, blah, right, blah. Yeah, a familiar um, story. Yeah. And, and then they had to get, um, obviously, a new, act, new person in, so they got Tiggin, and yeah. then obviously reshot the film. Her parts in the her, film. Her parts, and then yeah. just sort of gri- dropped, dropped her in. Green cost them, her cost in. them, like, millions, but they said it was, like, the only choice they could make. So, well, yeah. okay. Yeah. Interesting. And she's also in the next season of Discovery as the engineer again. She's I would have assumed re- so, reprising yeah. that role. Which Very is uh, comfy- Leonard McCoy sort of character. Isn't she, she? She's, she's a grump, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Tom. Oh, sorry? Tom Dacre. I lied. <laughs> Still not dead. Still not dead. <laughs> uh, my final addendum is also Discovery. Ooh. We have Strange New Worlds. 
being yep. filmed or being commissioned at the discovery moment. spin-off yep. yes which is is being billed as a discovery spin-off not a classic trek spin-off Although it concerns the Enterprise and yeah. Pike, and uh, it's it's actually billed as a Discovery uh, spin-off, but uh, they suggesting for pulling things together, they can revisit a few of the villains from uh, Discovery, particularly the first season captain, Gen- uh, Gabriel Lorca, Jason Tra- Isaacs, yeah, yeah as Tremble played by Jason Isaacs. Didn't he die? The, uh, the Prime Universe, whatever. We, we think, yeah, we think the Prime Universe well, version yeah, died because they they got swapped over with the Mirror Universe yeah. version, and I think eventually the Mirror Universe version died as well. That means in, nothing. In the maybe co- there's another universe version yeah. of him that's going to turn out. As, as you so correctly say, that means absolutely, absolutely nothing. Spider Pig version of him. Yeah. Turn out. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that all your addendums? That's all my addendums. I am addendumed out. Anyone else? Nope. And that's the end of the news. And now, ladies and gentlemen, yet another cunningly concealed subliminal message. Can we do something about it? <laughs> oh, dear listeners, we've been listening to an audio play. We have. Those <gasps> we have wonderful have. people at Big Finish Audiomongers. have managed to persuade a Mr Christopher Eccles cake out of uh, a dark hole <laughs> and do a new Ninth Doctor audio called... The Ravagers. Uh, I, that description, I've just had a sudden p- vision of Eccleson. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. <laughs> Ooh, piece of candy. <laughs> so, the first Ninth Doctor audio for Big Finish. Yep. And basically, kind of. At least with Eccleston. Yeah, with, with Eccleston, yeah. And yeah. it's the first time he's really done anything who related since he left mm-hmm. pretty much pretty much yeah. Yeah. conventions yeah we were in the vicinity i think when he decided he would do this yes mm. i get the feeling this all came together at the galley uh, behind the year. scenes at galley yeah. yes wasn't it it was saying about one of his minders was telling him about them and he he basically got smooshed by a fan <laughs> and then they let loose with well, big also, finish and also sort of jason hay gallery was there yeah. wasn't he so and uh, yeah. Wasn't Briggs there too? I think I Briggs yeah. was there as well. I think, I yeah. Remember. They may have cornered him in the, yeah. In the yeah. green room. So they got him drunk. Yeah, basically. <laughs> drunk. Got his ex on the, on the um, agreement. So this is a three-parter. Mm-hmm. So it's three stories to it. Well, it's one story in three it's, yeah, parts. It's, three it's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's got an arc, as they like to say. And like Rose, it hits the ground running. Mm. Oh, definitely, yeah. When when I when I listen when I listen to the first one, I did have to check because yeah. it literally starts in camera. Yeah. So I had to go back and check whether I had well, I was on the correct disc to begin with. Yeah, I did wonder as well, but I did rip the entire CD. So I, not like I skipped to the wrong yeah part of the CD. <laughs> yeah, I was saying to Keith the other day when we were listening to it. I remember Billy Piper saying. The last time she played Rose, she spent ages looking in the mirror and she couldn't find Rose. She just couldn't find the character. Mm-hmm. But Eccleston seems to have had no trouble Indeed. finding the character. He yeah, was yeah. 
bouncy, enthusiastic, and then quite scary, all yeah. in the space of one story. Well, it, it, it takes me back to um, to Rose at the beginning, is whether they'd actually written for him or just written the words and he'd reinterpreted it in his yeah. in his immitigable style you know but it is definitely his character he hits mm. the ground there everything is in place and he says fantastic he says sort of a few times yeah. yeah yeah but he's got this new companion called nova mm-hmm. who as you said we hit the ground running and suddenly nova is there yeah yeah. yeah, she's she's a she's an odd one. She's essentially, as they said, a slave. Mm-hmm. the The world is an odd place, and it's not Earth. She's human, but she'd never heard of Earth until the Doctor came along. Mm. And they're given a job, somewhere to live, and access to the lowest games. Yeah, they're basically in better than life from Red Dwarf. <laughs> yeah, everyone's hooked up to immersive video games, except mm. for Nova, who likes the two D vids. She does, which is why she's heard of Hercules yeah. and things like that. I, I like the fact that we figure out, she, the Doctor figures out she's a geek and her favourite show is Professor, Professor X, X yeah. which is 800-odd episodes. Yeah. Which, which was, I think, is pulled from the old Virgin books because he had uh, a Professor X TV show in that one. That's the programme meant to be that, in yeah, uh, that, Remembrance of the Daleks. That had, yeah. had no connection to the... the and it, yeah, it's not about time traveller no, at all. No, yes, no. it's one of those little Easter egg run long running jokes. But this one's very timey-wimey. Oh, my God. It's did my completely in, in the wrong order. You know, yeah. it's, it's all over the place. Yeah. You've got people talking about promises the doctor made that he hasn't made so he's then got to go and is sort of almost bill and teddish in the things he has to do there's a brief scene in the first episode where he's talking to another version of himself Mm. and that version of himself is from the last episode because you get that scene repeated but you hear it from mm -hmm. a different angle from the the other side Mm. I, i have to admit i I had to concentrate, and there was yeah. points at which I lost the plot quite literally. <laughs> Can I say the joke? Can I? I mean, she's just set it up. Go on, man. You lost the plot years ago. <laughs> See, that is banter. That's what you thought. That is banter. Uh, but these are not ones to have just on the background while you're yeah. doing other no, things. No, you, you, you would lose. To- I mean, it really is timey wimey and. It's an um, end of the universe story. Yeah. If the Doctor doesn't save the day, the universe is going to end. That's after he buggers it all up and nearly the, destroys yeah. it. <laughs> and one one thing I found interesting about this is that there wasn't really a baddie. The no. this the character Audrey, who all the way through, well, spoiler music, spoiler music. Yeah. Stick your fingers in your ears. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you haven't heard it. Anyway, Audrey. <laughs> now there's there's no real baddie in this. Nova. I mean, Keith listened to it before I did, and all the way through, I'm saying to him, "I don't trust Nova," and he's just smiling wisely, <laughs> which is quite a reach for him. <laughs> but there are there are people. The characters in this, some of them are just trying to do what they think is right and trying to do their best. And then you've got some who appear in 1950s London and kill a lot of people. Yeah. Yep. And 
you've got the most hapless um, army officer since the brigadier. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did like that descriptive line of the of the major. Slightly incompetent, but trying his best. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then Dan Starkey turns up. Yes. As a character very similar to Strax in some ways. Yeah. yeah. A I, centurion. It was exceedingly reminiscent of Strax. <laughs> I, I, I've got to admit, yes, it was, but I didn't realise it was Dan Starkey nope. until I heard the credits. Oh, really? I did. I, no, I didn't. I didn't realise it was I Dan didn't. Starkey until you just said, and Dan Starkey showed up. Yes, literally. Same. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> no, no, it is. I, I seriously just had visions of Strax in my head. I've got to admit, I didn't. I didn't recognise the voice. Oh, I did. He's one of those people now who I've heard in so many things and he's seen in person so many yeah. times. Except I when you're trying him. to kick him in the head. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> uh, would have saved me uh, some trouble here. But anyway, <laughs> he's one of those guys you can always hear whenever he does a voice now. Okay. At least for me. A bit like Nick Briggs. Yeah. He often does different voices. So you can always say, oh, it's Nick Briggs doing a voice. Or That's John Coleshaw. He's, he's a Dalek, usually, so it's a bit of a clue. <laughs> yeah, but you can, you can hear his voice in the Dalek. Yeah. But anyway, not particularly important. But <laughs> So basically, without spoiling it too much, even though we probably already have, it's an end-of-the-world thing. The Doctor's got to put thing, things right. It's timey-wimey. It doesn't happen in the right order, and not everyone is what they seem. The, yeah. The, I, I loved it immensely. I loved it. The only thing I did find slightly disappointing is it's the bit seems to be the big finish trope of massive world shattering things do happen doctor does a little bit of timey-wimey stuff and none of it actually happens yeah mm. that i found just a tad disappointing so perhaps but, you're, you're thinking perhaps they should aim for not such universe ending yeah, things yeah things that are important but yeah you know, small small scale catastrophes. They, they clearly just decided they wanted to go in big with this first one. Eccleston. I, I think it was a mistake. Yeah, I, I think they should have gone with individual three individual stories. Yeah. Yeah. I got to admit, I did enjoy it. The oh, stories yeah. brought me. Uh, I, I carried along quite happily mm. with the stories and loved them immensely. It's just that I got a little bit of oh, okay. Yeah. Is um, are there any more planned? And does There's are we four in all? And is Nova going to be the companion all the way through? Seems that way, at least for the next part. I rather liked her. Which, yeah, yeah, it's what I what I do like is the fact is that it could slot in anywhere. Yeah. They're not saying it's after Rose or anywhere in that point. They're not saying it's before Rose. It could technically drop in anywhere. I like the idea of it being it's slotting in after he dematerialises yeah. when Rose said yeah. no, yeah. and before he came that, back and said, "Did I mention it travels in time?" That, that's oh, where. Funny, yeah. yeah, that's where I would like it to slot yeah. in. I mean, because he could do anything. Yeah, that, you know? yeah. 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 We've already got the beginning to heal. Mm. Yeah, that's mm. what it needs. I did feel like his doctor didn't have any real damage. Yeah, mm. which I think no, he was jaunty, wasn't he? Yeah. He was it's even right the way up to well, his entire season. Really, he had certain amount of damage. He got better. Yeah, mm. as he went along. And I'd say that, and maybe it's my own headcanon here, but I'd say that everybody lives is a part where yeah. it starts to really yeah. get better. Yeah. But up until that point, he's quite a damaged individual. False and you don't, you don't feel it here. No. 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 Well, perhaps this just slots in in one of the points where he took Rose back to see Jackie. Yeah. It, could, it could be, yeah. I mean, it could technically, because they haven't said, it can slot in anywhere. Yeah. It no. could. I Techn thought I'd read that it was Rose, yeah. but... Yeah. yeah, it's a bit of a shame that it's RTD's fault. He didn't really give any decent no. gaps. No. I Whereas was... Moffat yeah, is very deliberate, and Chibnall too has deliberately left yeah. gaps. Mm. Yeah. What I did love about this, and I have to point it out, is the sound design. You got the ding! You have when, when he's setting the coordinates, oh, yeah, yeah. you hear the ding. 
yeah. as he hits the bell, you have because which tenant didn't seem to use, but mm. it was one of the things Eccleston did. did. It thingy and then did yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It wasn't great to hear that music as well. First time that, that yeah. theme tune, that version yeah. of theme tune comes yeah. on again. Yeah, it's a long time. <laughs> I, I did enjoy this one, but I, I agree with you. I'd like them to be. Less complicated. <laughs> You're a simple woman. I am. But I had to listen I like, to it twice. Yeah, I like to listen to them while I'm doing sewing or or what have you. Yeah. And yeah, this I was really at some point struggling. I think I had to listen to it twice before I actually I really started to grasp the actual running order. I remember back at university that we did a psychology class as part of things, and they said the reason. Our lectures are 45 minutes is because that's the average attention span yeah. of a person. Mm. And these are at least 45 minutes, some going on to an hour. Yeah. So they're getting beyond your mind start to wander. And I found that a few times where I had to, what's happening? How are they now in this scene? Where, yeah. and that's even ignoring the time wimey stuff. I just yeah. missed scene transitions right. and stuff. I, I, I had to wind back and try to... Uh, I didn't, but I listened to them as I'm walking to work. So mm. that's all I'm doing is listening. Right. Which is why he got run yeah. over crossing the road. <laughs> <laughs> it's been close a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> Big, <laughs> Big Finish have this problem occasionally. They make things a little too complicated. It's harder... When you, it's audio, I think. Yeah. Mm. So you have to try to imagine everything and you have to piece together mm. in ways you don't have to if it's visual. Yeah. yeah. You can see scene transitions. You can, you can see groups of people moving somewhere together. You, can, yeah, uh, yeah, you, yeah. you get all those clues of the location and stuff like that, which you don't. So that's it. Because like, with time, time travel, you get visual clues because a change of the costume or something like mm. that or yeah. the time yeah. of day, you, you, you're not getting those unless someone actually says... Oh, it was day five minutes ago, yeah, you know, yeah. which then starts to sound a bit stilted. So given this, presumably is going to be some people, I know it is some people's first introduction to Big Finish. Yeah. I think it was a mistake to make this a, a complicated Time Army three-parter. Mm. I think they mm. should have gone with something a little more in keeping with his season mm. of mm. simpler mm. stories, three simply, simpler stories to bring people in. Mm. It's my, my view on it. Maybe end the box sets with this. With, with that one, yeah. Keith, you were saying about um, them going with the ending universe theme oh, yes. and how it being like maybe too much. They're doing the same thing with Tenants' new series, aren't they? I, the dark I, universe, gonna, the I, dark I, universe. Yeah, I haven't heard any of the dark okay, universe not, yet. Well, but... we're not giving any plot away, but it's in the title. But it's very much <laughs> yeah. well, that same kind of. They've done it, sort of end the universe not end the universe, it never happened. In the Legacy of Time, the 50th. Right, yeah. Mm. And they also yeah. did it in their own 20th. Uh, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you yeah. saying we've become desensitised to the ending of the universe? <laughs> well, no, it's, it's, it's not not ending of the universe. It's more the, oh, we've done a timey you mind me thing and none of it actually ever happened. That's yeah, that's yeah, yeah. the reset bit, the button. reset button. Yeah. That is what I'm. That's what I find Big Finish always seem to do for their big stories. Yeah. Their intro, you know, it's it's hit the reset. Well, none of it actually. They happens. have this problem is because they they can't end universe for obvious reasons, but they can't do anything major in canon either. Yeah, everything yeah. they do, which is major, has to be undone. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I there's think there's still ways to do. It. I mean, you could still, you know, you've got your incidental characters. You you build up your characters like Liv Chenka and that, mm. and then you do something absolutely horrific and kill them off. You know. No, that would be Lucy be... Miller. <laughs> yes. 
and those those when they do do that it's absolutely yeah. amazing so I, they I, can do it yeah, mm. i think there are ways and means around this and you don't it's just that the to my mind it always seems to be their fallback position for big finish yeah yeah and so it's, not i'm not trying to distract from this box set at all the, because the tv I series it, but, done it too mm. series five the universe ends <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, gets undone. That's the TV series. And yeah. it, they've somehow made me feel like they've got to step up and match that, which I don't know they need to. I, I, I am not complaining about the the world ending. It's just, just the, the resetting. It's just hitting the reset. It, it, yeah. they, it seems to be a big finish fallback position. Yeah. Hit the reset. I never ever thought I'd hear you say the sentence, I'm not complaining about the world ending. <laughs> <laughs> After this year, well, we've just all got well, I, I've had it. You know, I've seen it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I didn't think the end of the world would be people running for toilet roll. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I was just reading here, we are actually part of why this box set comes into fruition. Oh, um, yeah, we are. Eccleston felt healed by the fans' reactions at a convention. Yeah. yeah. And it was that one where so it was his birthday, birthday and we sang happy birthday yeah. and all the rest of it. I think it. that was it. Yeah, yeah and he yeah. ultimately agreed to participate with Be Finish after discussing with their uh, co-chair, Jason Hegelery. But yeah, he did genuinely seem quite touched by everyone in coming on stage and everyone just bursting into happy birthday to you. I think if you go back and listen to our our, uh, Galley podcast, Mm. yeah, he was gobsmacked about the reaction. Yeah, you could really see. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have seen a clip online recently, but it's like you can't really hear what he's saying over the cheers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. When he first came, in the first time he was on stage, when he came out through the TARDIS prop (laughs) and the room just exploded and he looked absolutely wow. (laughs) This guy used to be on stage. Yeah. 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 It was was a mixture between yes and what the hell? (laughs) As as you said, you know, for for two days you will be worshipped and adored. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys get to interview him then or not? But I, I, hmm, I <laughs> come on, come on, use your words. I, I want to say go out and get this because you know we want more Eccleston, but I'd maybe get this one and put it to one side and then listen to it once there's some more of the other ones out. The, but the what if this is the simplest more... of all of them? Oh, yeah. God. Well, the <laughs> next box sets are more conventional. They are separate stories. Cool. I, I agree yeah. with you. I think that's a better way to do his. Yeah. 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 It, it didn't feel quite like Eccleston's era, although he did feel completely like yeah. he was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he stepped was... a step from 2005. Yeah. Mm. It was the ninth doctor in every way. Yeah. He really was a saving grace yeah. for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The other... Two major characters, Edith and uh, Nova. Nova and o- Audrey, wasn't it? Audrey, sorry. Yeah. Audrey. They're okay, but they didn't really wow me. Nova as a companion, she didn't do much. I, I spent me. most of my time trying to figure Nova out because I thought she may be a Time Lord plant, remembering that there are no more Time Lords. Mm. <laughs> you know, so, I but, did at one point wonder, start to wonder if they were actually the same person. It did sound a bit similar. Yeah. Because yeah. they did sound quite similar. <laughs> that's, that's what I said to you, to yeah. wasn't it? Me. Yeah. When we yeah. had the older Audrey yeah. and we'd also had Nova and Nova had just disappeared into the time eddy yeah. and I said to Keith is that is that Nova in the future? Is that what that is? And yeah. he just yeah. smiled yeah. wisely. I, I, I love that because I got to smile knowingly <laughs> and snigger under my hand. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think I, their casting could have been better there, get yeah. more distinctive voices. Yeah. That's it. I think yeah. they either needed to have them different genders so you could distinct, distinctly mm. separate Yeah, but Audrey's them. a stupid name for a boy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. There are some Audrey's who are boys. Um, or you, you needed to have much more distinctive different voices yeah even if it was one had a strong accent or was mechanized in some way augmented or what have you name one person one bloke called audrey just one i can name a plant oh audrey too (laughs) (laughs) might have been a plant from gallifrey after all yeah (laughs) okay if you haven't already bought it go out and buy it because you know it's, it's Eccles Pop and it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And we would like to know what you think of the new Big Finish box set, which is called Ravagers. Ravagers. Not the Ravagers, just, just Ravagers. Ravagers. Shall I tell them how they can let us know? Tell them how they can let us tell know. Tell the dear listeners. They can write to us via show at Staggering Stories. Dot. <laughs> you got a different word. I got a dot. You got a word. <laughs> but the thing is, we didn't have to wait five minutes before one of us realised I should be saying something. Yeah. Yeah. It took me three weeks to work out that pointing at the screen wasn't helping. <laughs> <laughs> on the subject of the ninth Doctor, you see, that's called a segue. I like the things you fall off cliffs on. And that. <laughs> We've spent some time thinking about our favourite moments from the Ninth Doctor's era. Mm -hmm. And we'd like to share them with you. Pause for music. Go on then, Adam. You start. There are so many obvious ones. There are are a lot, I'll give you It does strike me that Eccleston had a lot of great moments in his his one season. Mm -hmm. And I think, not wishing to denigrate more recent seasons, but I think that's where Witaka was let down. She didn't have those great moments in her first season. I will give you that. I will give you that. Eccleston's got loads. Which one to start with? I'm going to start with the trailer. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember the trailer. I do. Come with me. um, Oh, yeah. can I just do a small segue slightly back mm. to the previous article? Mm. Big Finish have done a Ninth Doctor trailer in the vein yeah, of yeah, the original. Yeah, they have, they yeah. have, there, there are certain scenes that aren't yeah. quite the same, but yeah. you can see where they're coming from. We'll play, it, we'll play it after this on Friday. Sorry. Oh, okay. He uh, started off well there with that trailer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can remember spluttering over a <laughs> cup of coffee because <laughs> yeah. I, I sat down and I was like, what's this? Oh, what's, this looks like the straight. And then you hear the TARDIS, and just as I was taking a mouthful. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it won't be safe, it won't be. It won't yeah. yeah, that, that <laughs> was yeah. one thing. I'd, I'd heard the rumours for years and years and years about a new series of Doctor Who, and I was like, yeah, even when friends who were working on it were saying to me, we're, we're, I'm like, yeah, I'll see it. I'll believe it when I see it. That's what he said. It. But he said that after the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, seeing it, yeah, I'll believe it when the credits actually, rolling. Actually, the words was, if that's a new uh, if that's a new season, you can call me Susan for the week. <laughs> yeah. but the, but the and I, you did. The thing I liked about the trailer was there was nothing in the trailer to tell you it was Doctor Who. There was no Tardises. There was no Daleks or anything. Well, it was interior. It, it was it, slightly, but we didn't really. It was a different it's a brand new interior. interior. Yeah, but. It was the fact that he came, you had the music, and there was an instant connection. Yeah. He's the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the thing that 
the only thing that got me was it was the interior of the TARDIS. So you saw the police box doors, but they were white from the inside. Oh, right. Yeah. So it was a case of... Cushing <laughs> <laughs> there. Yeah. Peter Cushing. Yeah. I have to admit, I liked some of his speeches. I do love the, that, that thing from the speech from the first episode with Rose about yeah. feeling it's... the world turning yeah, and yeah, all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah. I mean, that's a real classic Doctor Who, Who one. But, yeah, it's just... The fact that he was very light-hearted, in some ways almost like Pat Troughton, very light-hearted and flippant, and then quite dark quite quickly. Yeah. yeah. And so you had this tonal quality to his Doctor. Some some of them don't have that light and shade aspect, but I thought his mm. Doctor did, very much so. One of my favourite moments of his was easily from the first episode was the London Eye. Oh, when he just, yeah. he just wasn't seeing yeah. it. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's one of the, the most intelligent out. being in the universe, yeah. and he just wasn't seeing it. That was it, exactly what you're seeing. Like he's been a Time Lord, and then he just can't walk out. He's talking yeah. about something, and it's right behind him. <laughs> I think the first scene that he was in that really made me go, ooh, was um, in, oh, I think it was the second episode, when everyone... Into the, the world? Yeah. yeah. And it was the scene with Jabe where she oh. works out who he is. Yeah. And oh, he yeah. says nothing, it's but just he, a... it's just the devastation and then that one tear. Yeah. And it's like, whoa. Something's wrong. Yeah. Something's What's happened. happened? Why is it, why is it um, amazing mm. that he's even alive? What's happened? And it's yeah. just all on his face, but he still keeps working on that yeah. little panel. Yeah. Mm. But then in the same episode, you also had him being heroic to the rescue, the sun's screens going going up the person in this room's gonna die i'll get you out and it's rose and he's oh well it would be you (laughs) (laughs) well i'm gonna be slightly controversial all right well you thought he was rubbish yes (laughs) (laughs) during the first couple of seasons or the first seasons first episodes to my mind he was too bravado too manic too jocular and jokey Mm -hmm. to my mind came across as false bravado Mm -hmm. Reevaluating and rewatching. Yes, it is false bravado. Yeah. Yes, it is a front that he's projecting. And I've reevaluated him a lot since that time. Yeah, and my my opinion of his portrayal has changed a hell of a lot. Mm. But what has actually got it for me was it's not necessarily the speech, the turn of the universe. Mm-hmm. It's that section. Is you have the light bravado sort of yeah. They were here for me. They weren't here for you. They were, you're not the centre of the universe, sort of, yeah. And you've got the cocky little throw of the head. You then have that conversation, which harks back to a Seventh Doctor speech. Mm. The turn of the earth, mm. the hold, holding her hand. I, I can feel the turn of the earth. We're clinging to the, this world as it's mm. spinning. And it, that was part of it. But what has finally clinched it in rewatching is the look on his face as he walks away. Mm. It's not cocky. It's not bravado. It's the damaged doctor trying to reconnect back to what he was, mm-hmm. but it's hurting. Yeah. It's as if he's walking away from Rose enough. We're not doing this. We're not having somebody else. We're just going to leave it and do it by myself. It's like that the doctor was in the snowmen. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Decided, yeah. screw this. I must be by myself. It's it's just the look of complete and utter thunder on his face as he's walking away from Rose. That is, that's what I, high point for me. I think he, he basically, he, 
a lot of fans got into Doctor Who through Tennant and don't give him the credit, Eccleston, the credit he deserves because there was a lot riding on his shoulders. For fans that have only just really come into it in New Who, maybe don't realise how much of a deal Doctor Who was in the UK. Yeah, for all the time it was off, you would still have bits on the news where the reporter would disappear to the sound of the TARDIS. It was something that was actually in the vocabulary of the country as it was. And it was something that was quite precious because it was a childhood Mm. thing for a lot of people. Yeah, the only equivalent I remember saying to someone is James Bond. That's about the only other thing that gets people riled up. So he's taking on a part that he knows if he gets this wrong, he's going to be crucified. He was he's, he was the equivalent of Troughton. Yeah. If Troughton hadn't been anything but mm. supreme, the series would have would've... ended in 66. And I think mm. the whole new series really rests on the fact that he did the job so well. Um, it does annoy me sometimes when you people hear people say, Oh well, I skipped Eccleston. Why? Yeah. Why? This don't. is this this is the guy that transitioned yes. from what who was to what who is now, mm. and who gave birth to the version of the Doctor we have now. Not personally. Yeah, not personally, <laughs> but personally, I would like to have seen him do do a second season. I get it probably might not have been as good purely because everything that was going on behind the scenes and that might have started to taint... Well, let's face his it, Series 2 wasn't as good as Series 1. No, but... It's not, I, not in my books. So. I, would, I would like to have seen his Doctor continue on, yeah. which is why I'm quite pleased that we're getting the Ravengers. It's like, you know, I loved McGann's Doctor. He's one of my favourite Doctors, but all I've really got is audio to work from kind yeah. of style. But I really, really do encourage people to watch his time as the Doctor. It is... It's excellent. You know, it's excellent. And as as Keith says, once you know what's happened directly just before he steps out of that TARDIS, you can actually see that character develop through a lot more, and more so than, I think, the 11th Doctor. Mm. I'm wondering if... If he's if he's caught the Big Finish bug, is it going to have the same impact as Big Finish has had for Colin Baker? I hope so. Because the Sixth Doctor never was given his due, and he also suffered with some pretty lousy scripts, etc. Mm. But his Big Finish portrayal of the the Sixth Doctor is one of the best there is, mm. and hopefully Eccleston will will do the same. He will just be bitten by the bug and just keep coming back for more. Yeah, yeah I think he's on the same position as Colin was derided in his time. Mm. Eccleston never was, I don't think. He's much more like McGann, yeah. where we just didn't quite get enough of him. Yeah. yeah. But you get hopefully big finish help, yeah. 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 So I'd like to point out something that Gene said, the um, the fact that most people say, oh, I've skipped Eccleston, I've gone straight to... I, I love the reactionists who, who watch who mm-hmm. and react to it. And when they say they're starting up and I've got these friends who've actually watched it and I've said, oh, I'm going to start from 11, they have screamed at me to go from number nine. Mm. So yeah. most of the reactionists who have reacted to this tell people, start at nine. Start at, for God's sake, start at nine and go yeah, from there. New Who. Yeah, from New Who. I yeah. think it is strange. And like now like listening to you guys talking and obviously thinking about it as well, because obviously I've, I've listened to the box out of the first two anyway. It goes back to when I first became a Doctor Who fan. For me, obviously being younger and like not, this is kind of like my Who such for yeah. me because yeah. like this is the one I've grown up with and followed along with. I remember like there were points as it came onto TV with like the new uh, Eccleston. I wasn't a fan at the time. I was just like into other stuff and just finding like what I liked and different bits like that. 
But I remember seeing like the trailer for The Unquiet Dead and thinking, oh, it's going to be too scary and stuff like that. <laughs> so I didn't watch yeah. it for a while. It's only when I went to college um, and I watched it was in college, for whatever reason, had some money to spend, went into Woolworths at the time, um, back in the day. And <laughs> I picked up the Series 1, Volume 1, Volume 2, Yeah, watched them. Immediately I was hooked. And he, <laughs> he did that for me. If Elkerson yeah. hadn't have... Obviously, he had that responsibility. He was my first introduction to Doctor Who. He was the first one I watched and to check it out. And then I watched his, and then I got Series 2, because by that point, that had already been out on DVD as well for me. And then my first actual series on TV was Tenant Second, Series 3. But yeah, like looking back at it, Eccleston did actually get me into the series. Because yeah. like you say, like, if I didn't enjoy his stories, but I just felt a bit guilty as well, because I don't think I've gone back to watch his stories that much. I've always tend to go back to Tennant or Smith, because they're the ones I just like. But yeah, yeah. I do like, need to give Elkerson another try yeah. and I go back to him, because he did do, no pun intended, a fantastic job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he really did like give you that feeling of like, this is an alien from another planet who's just gone, well, like, all those various scenes, and his acting was brilliant as well. Like I love the scenes where he's just funny. And just his humour comes off to like the scene where he's standing in the doorway to Jackie Tyler and then he's like, she says <laughs> oh all God, these yeah. things and he's just like, no, no. There's <laughs> a strange then, man in my room. Yeah. Anything yeah. could happen. Yeah. No. And then there's the whole bit where like he's just in the kitchen and he's reading through the Hello magazine or whatever and saying, look, that won't work, that won't work, playing cards and stuff. And you just get this sense of this character that's not human, yeah. not of this yeah. world, and just he has all this knowledge and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I fell in love with the show straight away with nine, and then obviously went through ten and others. And yeah, he really is the doctor that didn't get given as much thought as the others. I don't know what it is. I literally don't know why it is. Like, from my point of view, I'll even say the same thing, like, I kind of forget about him sometimes as well, but not in a nasty way. Because no. he's like the beginning of this new era's show, and then like my mind goes back to Tennant or Smith, and then yeah. obviously we've got Jody uh, Capaldi as well. So it's yeah. just like it's one of those weird weird areas where sometimes you do just, although you know that's there, you forget about it. Yeah, if that makes any sense. But yeah. it doesn't discount from it because I still love him. But I myself am now going to force myself to go back and <laughs> go and watch him because I don't know why I don't. That, that's very reminiscent of the original. I mean, I. I watch all doctors. I tend to watch whichever one I fancy. But you Which speak, that? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you speak to a lot of fans that have watched it for a long time. It starts at Troughton. Yeah, and right, yeah, we'll okay. go watch William Hartnell. Yeah, but people don't tend to go back to watch his stuff other than Unearthly Child and the Daleks right, okay. as readily. Yeah, including Trout- us. We're yeah, a load of Hartnell us. we've not reviewed. Yeah, yeah, Troughton. Is in black and white as well. And it's not just that there isn't the stuff there. Yeah. People don't go back to watch the stuff that is there kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I sometimes think the first Doctor lays the ground and the second Doctor gets the glory. Yeah, yeah maybe. And so yeah, the, yeah. You know, Eccleson is the gateway drug, mm. while Tennant is, is the heroine. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, Eccleston was potentially, the, for many people, the, the shortest running Doctor of all. Yeah. Because mm. within about two days of him, yeah. Premiering, yeah. he was no longer the doctor, even though there were more episodes to come with him. Yeah. We all knew yeah. he was leaving. Yeah, yeah we knew Whereas he was even McGann, we, ha- we didn't know he had finished that no. uh, TV movie. We thought there might be more. There, there so was for quite a while, we yeah. thought there might be more McGann. Yeah. But at Eccleston, he was always out the moment yeah. we saw him. Yeah. But yeah, this really interests me. Like, you wonder sometimes why, like, even though he's not 
terrible or an actor or anything like that. He's a brilliant actor. And like his portrayal as a doctor is really good. And I enjoyed it. And he got me into the show like through that first series. Yeah. And then obviously the next day or a week later, I went and got like volume three, volume four of that series to watch. Mm-hmm. And then the second series, like, I, I don't know if it's the same with anything else. Is it's because else there like... were so few of them, I think. Mm. If he'd had more than one season. Also, yeah. I think what Adam says, it does colour your view of that series at the time. Yeah. The, the fact that it's, as you said, within two days. I remember a conversation with Galishon. <laughs> ab- uh, certainly about Ninth Doctor and I won't say deriding Eccleston, but because of what we was told mm. at that time is that he's too tired, it, the pressure was too much for him. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's what, yeah, it was what we yeah. was informed at the time. So was a, we thought, what was the point of you yeah. doing it if that's all you're going to do you knew what it would have been like going in yeah. but as, again, from from what from behind yeah. the scenes what we didn't know at the time also because yeah. i remember agreeing with you it yeah. seemed like oh that's so frustrating but and i remember us saying he would have known what he was going in for but we were judging that on what it was like for the other doctors yeah. in a completely mm. different era oh yeah i don't yeah. think any of us could have foreseen what the world of the world of social media yeah. would be like yeah. for an actor yeah. especially with you know fandom in doctor who can be toxic oh yeah it can also be glorious yeah. but but yeah. as yeah. i said there was also this whole other side of what we didn't know oh, yeah. was going on at the time. Yeah, still yeah, things yeah. we don't know as yeah, well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Any of the doctors, you could sit down for a minute and you can actually, you'll just get flashes in your head of all these moments. Like, that's what's happening in the last yeah. five minutes. I've just yeah. kept getting yeah. moments of, like, him. And another favourite scene, we're talking about Grace, Go is literally the scene they shot where they did that walking sequence outside the flats. And oh. um, the Doctor and Rose were just chatting to each other. Yeah, the, yeah. Literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. that whole scene where, like, poor cameraman was walking backwards all that way. But, <laughs> yeah, just... The acting was spot on there, and it's just like those kind of bits of the stories and stuff, they were what hooked me as well. Like, yeah. just these mm. little bits and pieces. Another scene I liked was, funny enough, was also from the end of the end of the world was where he had to go and pull that really ridiculously placed lever (laughs) (laughs) and he did and he he messed with time so you could walk through through the uh the the spinning fans Mm. and that's that's never been explored again and and it wasn't a skill that had been explored before so it was kind of exciting to see that And you can't really talk about him without going to the back to the scene of the Are You My Mummy? and then him telling him to go oh. to their room. Go to your room. Yeah, I'm yeah. so glad that worked. They would have been terrible last words. Yeah. <laughs> Not my favourite resolution, to be honest, but okay. Yeah. 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 But Ebony like... Lives is got to be a classic. That's oh, got to yeah. go yeah, down yeah. as one of yeah. his greatest scenes. Yeah. There are so many, and he only had one season. Yeah, yeah exactly. And the scene at the end of Bad Wolf Rosen coming to get you. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. That's, that's a great, great moment as well. Yeah. This is the difference. If, if the last couple of years has show, told us anything, it's shown us anything, it's that Russell T. Davies was a far superior sci-fi writer to poor old Chris Chibnall. <laughs> I, I, I think of the three we've had, he was the better one. Aye, well, that's, that's Moffat was outstanding. You just don't like Moffat. Yeah. <laughs> but but, I, but I think Chibnall has Russell not been better. good. Oh, Chibnall, no, forget it. Yeah, sadly. So tell us your favourite ninth. Yes, do. Mm. How can they tell us though, Gene? I mean, how could they possibly get that information to us? There's many we haven't mentioned. I've got listed here. Oh, <laughs> come on then. Go and on. now, Adam, oh, quick fire round. Quick fire round. The regeneration scene. Fantastic. You were fantastic. Yeah. The scene where the so um, the um, the hologram Turn. turns and looks at Rose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got yeah. that down here. Brilliant one. 
the whole scene when he first confronts the Dalek. Yes. I watched it happen, I made it happen. He spits at him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, of course, his first scene, Run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice to meet you. Run. The classic, the classic Doctor Who line. <laughs> Run for your life. And also the, the, um, the scene in the lift where um, Ro- Rose is going, well, it's students, isn't it? And he, he recognises the logic. He gives her credit for a good idea and then tells her, no, you're wrong. <laughs> and I was on here as well, the dinner scene with the Slovene Margaret. Oh, oh yeah, yeah where the, he, uh, with the, the gold spot um, <laughs> mouth spray. <laughs> yeah. Those two really made that scene. It could have been quite a dull scene. It could have well, been, but they were both brilliant. Again, one of my favourite scenes is not necessarily the ninth Doctor, mm-hmm. but it's when they're in the cabinet room with, with the shutters. Yeah. Yep. And it's a case of uh, the Doctor turns around and says, right, yeah, that's fine. I'm going to stop you and clicks the switch. Yeah. And you've got the various Slovene standing around, all yeah. green and snotty, sniggering and laughing. But there's the look on Anna Badland's yeah. face, that the fact that this guy is deadly serious. Yeah, you can see it. She, she doesn't quite believe it first, but then yeah. by the time the door starts to close, she, yeah. she, she yeah. believes it. Yeah. It, could be, it could be the reason why she's the only one who survived in her suit. Yeah, <laughs> she got out. Yeah, I remind you of that part during the scene, though, as well. Oh, you're passing the port. <laughs> yeah. You pass it to the left. <laughs> yeah, so many, so many. Yeah. Anyway, Jean... Yes. How can people tell us what their favourite scenes were? Well, they could let us know by Facebook, at the Staggering Stories Facebook page, Mm -hmm. or they could email us. Oh. How? Using a computer (laughs) (laughs) or a a mobile phone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they would send it to show. At Staggering Stories. Dot. Net. Woo-hoo! I got stories. <laughs> I got two words. I got a staggering. Show and net. <laughs> and now here's Crumbly with a 30-second recommendation. Hello, everyone. It's been a while, but I thought I would do a 30-ish second recommendation. It involves two documentaries that I saw back in the early 90s and had the pleasure of finding on uh, YouTube recently. The first one is an old BBC Horizon documentary called Colonising Cyberspace. It documents the early days of virtual reality and has people using the rather clunky but cutting-edge tech back then virtuality headsets and data gloves. There are quite a few interviewees, including two old hippies who now work for either Caltech or MIT, one of whom used to sing song lyrics of the Grateful Dead back in the day. Both would look right at home in Denzel Dexter's laboratory in the BBC Far Show uh, comedy series and look like their perception of reality has been altered and scrambled on numerous occasions. (laughs) The second video is from a short-lived BBC Two pop art series called Outrageous. This episode had a uh, short but very engaging article about cyberpunk, its origins, meaning and future, featuring a host of well-known and respected British sci-fi authors, Hmm. also Jim Burns, one of my favourite sci-fi and fantasy illustrators, and also being interviewed was a very dry and uh, witty representative from the uh, Forbidden Planet bookstore chain. (laughs) All this and an accompanying electronic and industrial music soundtrack made this an article that has stuck in my mind for a very long time, Anyway, dear listeners, I'll be back later in the show for a Crumbly's Corner, so I'll catch you all then. Right, Eccleston aside, (laughs) we have been watching a rather magnificent animation. 
on Netflix, I think it was. It is. We yeah. have been watching The Mitchells versus The Machines. Dun, 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 dun. Pause for music. Despite what the title is, this is not about Grant and Phil from EastEnders <laughs> kicking no. the snot out of the laundromat dryers. <laughs> no. This is an absolutely magnificent tale about what happens if you're nasty to your iPhone. Yes. Mm. Don't have or, an iPhone. Or your electricity <laughs> or, device. Or any, anything like that. Be nice to them. Put it this way, since watching this, whenever I ask my Alexa or anything, I always say please and thank you. Right, basically, this is this is just wonderful, isn't it? It's so very, very, very good. Very silly. It's a dysfunctional family called the Mitchells: father, mother, geeky daughter, dinosaur obsessed younger brother, <laughs> and the dog. And, don't forget and, the dog. And this dog who pig, pig dog loaf <laughs> eyes don't go in the right direction. I think it's meant to be a pug, but yeah. And dog cop. She the the girl is about to leave home to go to college, and she was going to fly, but her father decided to have one final family road trip and. And halfway through the family road trip, all the um, Alexa devices, not they're not called that, obviously, decide to go rogue and take over the world by using the next generation of Alexa, which has arms and legs and is essentially a big robot. Because, and I can't tell you why, because it has spoiled the story. Shut up, Shush Alexa! Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are mostly humanoid with two arms and two legs. <laughs> Making him more reminiscent of Beast Machine's rat trap. What are you talking about? I have no idea. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Alexa. The company that's behind this phone is called PAL. P A L. P A L. Which is not any variation or shortened for Apple at all in any way. Or, or at all reminiscent of HAL. Oh, yeah. Hal. yeah. The, guy, the guy that does the launch of the next generation of smart devices does it in a very Steve Jobs kind of way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the one thing I noticed, it, it, was a, it was a total poke at all of them, was under PAL, there's a smiley face reminiscent of a certain courier company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. About the only thing they didn't do was make the PAL a different colour for each letter and they'd have got the big three. Yeah. The baddie in this is Olivia Coleman. And yeah. Who, yeah. She's just, oh, she's She's just wonderful. You can tell she's the baddie, though, because she's the only one with an English accent. She's <laughs> the queen. All baddies have an English accent. She can't be bad. She's the queen. There's, there's one point where her voice is in a mobile phone mm-hmm. and things don't go all well and she tells her robot minion to put her on the table because I'm going to flip about in mild indignation (laughs) (laughs) she makes the flow flip over (laughs) so funny she's um, giving the Steve Jobs character her reasons for going batshit crazy and gets the robot to poke him in the eye it's because you poke me and slide me and (laughs) (laughs) but humans have the capacity for love and then she points at one of the robots and it kicks him in the happy sex. <laughs> this is the most delightful nonsense. I, I 
planning to watch this again many, many times. Mm. It's basically how this dysfunctional nonsense of a family manages to save the world. And the the, the, the father's sort of uh, a DIY outdoors frontier man yeah. doesn't understand his daughter. No, at all. the daughter the daughter is a a, a geek who does movies on her uh, laptop and she does tiktok and things like yeah, that yeah. the little the little brother is into dinosaurs and the mother is basically more worried about what the neighbors think the neighbors oh, the yeah. neighbors <laughs> who are perfect the perfect neighbors yes I did like with this as well. The the main narrator on this is the daughter Katie Mitchell. Yeah, it's done from her point and of view. And she's going off to film school basically. Mm-hmm. And most of her life she's done these as you say TikToks or short dog, stop, cop. dog YouTube, cops, YouTube YouTube name you know, yeah. yeah. And through this this animation the the story is coloured like a TikTok as they go. So there are parts where she's actually putting filters onto people. So you're looking and she's going, and my dad reminds me of the baboon from, and you're seeing it. So although it's in cartoon, it's real life, she says in inverted commas here, you've then got that real life augmented by rainbows and stars and 2D fireworks and that kind of stuff. It's quite weird. It's like, you know, you've TikToked an animation. Yeah. The people who made this also made Into the Spider-Verse. Ah. You can see... It's still got that same vibe. Yeah, you've got the clashing styles of animation, which yeah. work yeah, very well. Say. The robots... Um, oh, there's this fantastic two robots that um, they get damaged, bless them, and they decide that they want to be human. Yeah. They, they adopt the family. But the robots, <laughs> they, they've got a... A bit of a, a bit of a PS5 look about them, haven't they? Yeah. The um, the colouring. Have you seen the PS5? It is very PS, very PS5 stroke Apple. It's black and white yeah. with a red dot on the screen. Except for these two who want to be human, so in lipstick they've got very wobbly faces drawn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just reading here, apparently the film, which was originally going to be a theatrical release, yeah. but due to COVID-19, yeah. um, it was originally going to be called Connected. Oh, no, oh, no this is much better. Name, which, yeah, really... um, Netflix, when they took the rights to it to distribute it, retitled it. Yeah. The Mitchells versus the Machines. Oh, good. And I think that is a lot that, better than it, Connected. It, it, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I get Connected, and Connected's a good working title for it, but I don't yeah, think... Connected it's could not, be anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, According to Wikipedia, I'm looking at the same page, the writers wanted it called Mitchells versus Machines, mm. but Sony wanted it called Connected. Yeah. Now, Connected oh. doesn't really describe no. what's going on. Mitchells no. versus the Machines, you know <laughs> what you're getting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it does better evoke that sort of animated, yeah. fun film. Yeah. Connected yeah. could just be a, could a be, rom-com or something, isn't it? Connected yeah. could be anything. It could be. It could be a horror, could be a, a rom-com, could be a sci-fi. Yeah. You know, it's a bland title. I did like the um, when when the machines capture the people, they're put in essentially a Judge Dredd ISO cube. Yes. And yeah. the, the um, little pep talk about what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you are on one of seven ships and you are going to be catapulted into deep space. <laughs> <laughs> Once there, you will head for deep space. <laughs> the father in this is totally and utterly un-IT. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. like mm-hmm. mobile phones, doesn't get it at yeah. all. Nope. And towards the end, he wonders why his daughter hadn't friended him because he'd sent her a friend request. 
by post. Yeah. <laughs> 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 she got this thing thinking it's a threatening letter. <laughs> I just love that. I sent you a friend request. I wondered what this was in the post. He buys Christmas presents for everyone. A number three Phillips head screwdriver. Which, of course, comes, <laughs> comes in useful. Comes in useful during the and story. All but... the way through, the mother is the weakest character. Oh, I love until her. Until her babies are threatened. <laughs> Ninja warrior. And then she's just amazing. Well, you, you get these pixelated superior killer robots right at the end, pu- yeah. built purposefully to defeat the family, and she creams them. Yeah. <laughs> It is a good romp, as yes. they say. Yeah. Mm. Get the popcorn, get your favourite drink, switch your brain off and enjoy. Mm. I'm le- looking at the cast here. Apparently, Munchie... The doggy. Yeah, was played by Doug the Pug. <laughs> <laughs> so I suspect yeah. someone's pug was actually used. There was something wrong with that dog's eyes. <laughs> trying, to, oh. yeah, trying to get the dog to look Looking in the... Like, the to look forward. <laughs> it's like he was... Well, he's, he's a bird brain, so that's what that was. Yeah. So his eyes were facing sideways. I did also like, and it was really just, it was immaterial to it entirely, but it shows you how much the dad wasn't a total stuck in the mud, no. but just was, was the fact that the girl that Katie made connections with by the, um, who's going to go to the university turned out to be her girlfriend at the end of it. Really? <laughs> yeah, Jade. Oh. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's, it's it's a throwaway line at the end, but yeah, oh, Jade's, Jade's Katie's oh, girlfriend. I missed that completely. Me too. Uh, I think I, she could have done I, better than Jade. Jade was a bit of a bit of a crybaby, in my I, opinion, I, when the robots were attacking. <laughs> yeah, I don't don't think the father the father's not the villain of the piece. He's not no. nasty. He just doesn't understand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you also you also get that little um, scene where you realise why he is the way he yeah. is because yeah. he gave up his own dreams. Yeah, the it, little moose. Mm-hmm. It's no. the real, it's the real generation gap between, yeah. you know. That's essentially what it is. Yeah. yeah, the same problem that parents and children have been fighting with since the year dot. Ugh. That mm. new music, I don't get what you get about. My mum's never forgiven me for the Susie and the Banshees debacle. Kevin, oh, what was the Susie and the Banshees? Debacle. Susie and the Banshees did a cover version of Dear Prudence. Yes. And the guy on Radio 1 had played the Susie and the Banshees cover version of Dear Prudence and then played the Beatles version. And I said in front of my parents, oh, my God, that's rubbish. They've just ripped off Susie and the Banshees. (laughs) (laughs) At that point, never heard of the Beatles. (laughs) And the look of just pure... It was a mixture of contempt and disappointment <laughs> with a lot of rage. Suppressed. Suppressed no, rage. you know my mother. She oh, doesn't yeah, suppress yeah. her rage. She just gets to in different ways. <laughs> and with that... OK, as always, you know the address. We're not going to repeat it again because, quite frankly, if you haven't learned it by now, well, where have you been? Write to us. Watch it. Tell us what we thought, or what, even what you thought. <laughs> what we thought, yes, tell us what we thought. <laughs> what did we think about it? Just tell us, we you can't will obey. <laughs> I hadn't uh, taken in the fact that the tech guy in the film is called Bowman. <laughs> as, in, yeah. as in Dave Bowman. Yeah. Oh, Dave. I think it's called Mark Bowman or something. This bit. And, and, and Bowman, the guy that invents it is called Steve. His first name is Steve. It's Steve Bowman. Yeah. Oh, okay, could be. So Steve Jobs and. <laughs> yeah. And now, 
because he can't be with us, because quite frankly, we don't want to talk to him anymore and he knows why. <laughs> oh, it's a bit harsh. Crumbly has sent something in. So now let's go over to Crumbly's Corner. Crumbly's Corner! Hello, Crumbly here again with a post-lockdown edition of Crumbly's Corner. Ew. Sorry I'm not in the studio at the moment as I'm currently on holiday at the time of recording. Oh, it's all so right without for some, further preamble, yeah. let me begin. Okay. It has been a long time coming, but Christopher Ecclestone has been welcomed into the Big Finish fold for three very long-awaited and anticipated audio adventures. Mm. After all the brouhaha and controversy surrounding his departure from Doctor Who and the coming to light of the problems he was suffering... All of this has been put aside now to hear a reinvigorated Christopher Eccleston portraying the Doctor once more. Spoiler music, spoiler music. The Doctor is visiting a planet called the Sphere of Freedom, which is entirely devoted to immersive gaming. Here he meets a young woman called Nova, who becomes his latest but short-lived companion before she is snatched away by a temporal eddy. The story involves people being snatched out of time, something nasty lurking in a black hole, waiting to come forth and uh, devour the universe, and a motley group of uh, army personnel from different eras uniting in order to defeat the menace you know, to the universe. Apart from the Doctor and Nova, who is handy with her fists, the standout <laughs> yeah. character has, has to be Gallius, the Roman general. To say that he could be uh, a human equivalent of Straxus the uh, Sontaran, with his battle plans and stratagems, and eagerness to use what weapons are at hand in order to engage the enemy. Typecast, maybe? All in all, the Ninth Doctor <laughs> adventures are a welcome and much-needed addition to the uh, to the Big Finish audio pantheon. Hopefully, Christopher Eccleston can be persuaded to do more in the very near future. Now, turning my attention to The Mitchells vs. The Machines, I saw this uh, movie advertised on Netflix, and it's, it's also a personal recommendation from Fake Crumbly's nephew. <laughs> it took a while for the uh, movie to warm up, but with any good animated comedy, it was worth it in the end. Without giving too much away, it involves the daughter of the uh, titular family starting out, out at movie college in LA. She and her father have an uneasy relationship, and is uh, dismayed to find out that instead of flying to LA... Her father has arranged uh, a bonding road trip with the rest of the family. Needless to say, many odd and frankly daft things happen on the way. Most of it happening due to the uh, dire machinations of a mobile phone operating system who wants to take over the world. <laughs> Some scenes are truly surreal, with the family being menaced by all manner of household appliances and also a 40-foot-high Furby, of all things. Oh, good, yeah. yeah. There are also a few tips of the hat to 2001, A Space Odyssey, as the young tech entrepreneur who features in the movie is called Mark Bowman, mm -hmm. and the phone operating system, voiced by the Crown's Olivia Coleman, is called Pal, mm -hmm. who, in a fit of pique, shows her overpowering anger by switching herself to vibrate and buzzing around on a tabletop. <laughs> and another tip of the hat was to my all-time favourite sci-fi movie, Tron, the scene where the family are in Powell's headquarters. Yeah. Its headquarters have the same luminous and rectilinear look mm -hmm. that the electronic world has, which I thought quite appropriate. <laughs> Needless to say, the family, aided by a couple of robots and the family's cross-eyed pet pug, Monchi, save the day for humanity and they eventually get to LA with father and daughter reconciled. All in all, a very daft but enjoyable movie and a pleasant way to while away a couple of hours. Anyway, enough of my witterings on. Hopefully I'll be back in the studio for the next podcast. So until then, this is me, Crumbly, saying, be seeing you. Be seeing you. DTFN. I'd like to point out something that I just remembered. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Eccleson. 
the sound of the Thai medis as they came in and swooped people away right. is the sound of the extended TARDIS de- dematerialisation. Oh, is it? It's yeah. the part that's not often heard. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I did think, are they meant to be evoking the time scoop a bit there? Yeah, could be. Could, it was but but I, I got it. Certain tech. Back, back in the day, I got the BBC sound effects record, which had the entire <laughs> full-length yeah. full dematerialisation, rematerialisation. Oh, yeah, that went on a while, didn't it? It did, it did. Yeah. And it's sort of the upper part right. of it. The dev- can I ask something? Though? The device that she created, the whole... That she found. That she found... Where did she find it and whose was it? It was found in deep space. There was a lot of wreckage and materials and temporal effects. I think it's an old Time Lord minefield stroke Dalek battle site from the Time Lord. He said it was, yeah, he said it was Time Lord tech because yeah. yeah. when oh, she, yeah. she said you're holding it, so are you one of the people who created yeah. it? Yeah, I think it's time to, but I, I'd, I'd lost that bit. Was it, it was his, he lost it, he found, you know, no. that kind yeah, of right, let, let me read the, we have feedback. Oh, thank you. Actual feedback? Wow, or are you just making it up? Just one bit. Oh, okay. We've heard from Catherine, the dragon maker. Oh, 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 oh. Terence. Terence is up there. It's mummy. Oh, oh, God. What? Oh, God. He's woken up. Behind you. Oh, yeah, and me. he's woken up as well. He's used to being spoken to first, and now he looks pissed. Oh, he does. Okay. Eyes of thunder. I spoke to him in five minutes to come in the door. You guys knew <laughs> what he was there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Looking at you. One, two, three. Hello, Hello Terence, you're wonderful. Let's hear what Mummy has to say. <laughs> she says, hello, Staggerers. Hello. Hello, Terence. Hello, Head of Pertwee. Just a quick note today, as I'm still catching up on several months of shows. <laughs> Depression is a fickle beast keeping me away from things I love and leaving yeah. me wallowing in mediocre content Aww. instead. Yeah. Don't worry, that sentence doesn't make any sense to me either. I finally got to take a road trip to visit <gasps> family recently. Yay, and you all were good company on a long drive. <laughs> Thank Aww. you. We'll try to provide actual feedback soon when I'm finally up to date. And on, Catherine, the dragon maker. Thank, Thank you, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad we could help you. Yes. Even Jean. <laughs> it's so cool. She, I think she's glaring. I'm not sure. It's so much better being actually in the room with her. <laughs> I was glaring. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> and so that brings us to the end of another podcast. Yippee! But Sorry. fear not. <laughs> Next time, there'll be more of the same. Oh, more fun, frivolity and jollity. More news fun? and reviews. More who old and new. Stop. So until that ecstatic eggplant (laughs) elongated to eternity comes enunciating (laughs) effusively towards us. Are you giving Django a run for his money? In an elegant manner. (laughs) Well, well done you. This is me, Fake Heath, saying farewell. Goodbye. Au revoir. Ta-ta. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, series one, number 368, featuring Adam herself, Fake Keith, Jean Riddler, Steve, Claire, and the real Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of the speakers and do not necessarily represent those of the other speakers on the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this has been an El Presidente production for www.staggeringstories.net. Do we have... 
An intro, no. Right. Can I suggest? <laughs> no, shut up. You're always talking. <laughs> yeah, go on then. Oh, God, I've missed doing that. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm overjoyed about this fact oh, <clears throat> is the fact that I am not doing it on a bed. <laughs> <laughs> you no, wanted to do it somewhere in the nature. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am sitting down. I am sitting down. I am not doing it lying on the bed. So my back is arched like that. Yeah. <laughs> doing it on the bed, the best place you can get. Oh, you're so naive. And you haven't got a cat standing on your ass while you're doing it as well. The thing is, again, no, no disrespect to Crumbly, but Crumbly keeps on going, I can't see you, Keith. Keith, where are you? Because I'm lying flat because my back is in so much pain at the moment. <laughs> Oh, what a surprise! <laughs> it's the way you blow. <laughs> you don't know how to blow. <laughs> you clearly don't blow well enough because no. when you blew it, went floppy. <laughs> yeah, that's really, really hygienic. <laughs> I've got some um, hand sanitizer somewhere. One over there. <laughs> Ooh, now I've got to put this one back in my mouth. <laughs> and my nose dribbled. Ooh, <laughs> salty! Can't see anything there. You definitely switched off. Pull your uh, switch towards switch you. Towards you. <laughs> George information, there you go. Hello! <laughs> testing, testing, one, two, three. That looks good. It's May for you. I think it's been the worst May on record. Yeah, so well, like I said, we, we recently got the soda panels yeah. in. Woo! Fantastic! Wonderful! I, have we had sunshine we since they've been installed? Have whole, we, we had a day when we beat him in how much we generated. <laughs> we did. Not we that did. I'm cocky about it. <laughs> how many trees. times has she pointed it out? Yeah. <laughs> many, many times. I run so many trees around me, it's my problem. I need to <laughs> cut some of these trees down no, a bit. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. cut those trees down to be more environmentally friendly. <laughs> Yeah, I've, that that works. I've now, <laughs> I've now saved seventeen trees. So, well, so like, then he can cut no, these ones. <laughs> Why has yeah, Clara got a scream level. mask on? It's an improvement. <laughs> <laughs> Piss off! <laughs> she was rude to me. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry, Jean, but your your banter is lacking some. It's got a bit rusty. You need to. Yeah, you need to improve your podcast banter again. I've got I've got zoomed, short, sweet, and I've got the mute button. 